0: All right, Jason Layden here. You are one of the most requested guests we've ever had. Really? A lot of people, a lot of people. You've been around a long time, and I don't know about you, but for me it feels like, you know, we've just been chugging along, that we forget that we are kind of the, I
1: don't want to say experts, but we've got a lot of experience under the belts. Yeah, for sure, man. That's, uh, wow, that makes me feel good. Look at that.
0: Well, I mean, let's, let's recap the career. I mean, outside of your personal endeavors, which are successful, I mean, you've had a very successful box in CrossFit Milford. I mean, you've got to be approaching, what, 13 years now? Um, we're just in the 11th right now,
1: yeah. So
0: almost 12. Almost 12 years. You've had – how many boxes would you say opened from underneath you, members and coaching?
1: Probably about 23. 20. that's a very specific number are you counting <laughs> well no I I know I didn't want to like take the time to count but we're definitely around like that 20 mark from just around the state of Connecticut people have left here opened up gyms in, like other states um people have mentored some coaches that left and opened up gyms so been around that number I, I do want to circle
0: back to that but while we're on your credentials you've mm. coached numerous games athletes Th- throughout the years you've been a yeah. part of this seminar staff um you've you know a big part of the power monkey training that's going on anything else i'm skipping
1: i think that's good
0: we don't that's need it to... good. yeah what do you remember the first the first box that opened from underneath you i do who was it? i do shoreline athletics so that's the plumes, right yep yeah, dave and lauren
1: yeah how did you take that at at first um I took it hard because I looked at it in the wrong light you know and I love Dave and Lauren and we have a great relationship now but when that happened I was like oh man I'm losing a coach and when I when that happened in the state of Connecticut right there was like nine facilities that had just opened you know it's like so it's a new one opens like oh my god like a new crossing gym's opening like what is going on you know and um but looking at it now, I mean, it's like, that's so exciting when that happens, you know, and I'm so excited for them. Like they have an amazingly successful gym. They gave someone who I ask advice on things, you know, and being able to look at that light is like, I look at it like it, it, as a leader, as a mentor, people can't stay with you forever. Like you can only give so much. And when you give what you can give or they receive what you have to give, it's time for them to move on, no matter what that might be, whether it's going to move on to somebody else, whether it's going to move on to another program because because the only way people can learn is through experience and people need constant experience in order to really develop into who they are where they want to be what they want to do you know so um i looked at it from a completely selfish light back then but that was you know 10 years ago you know it was brand new into the game and um but now it's a whole new whole new light that i look through you know yeah, I you know. I was
0: telling somebody about it recently. I was like, "You don't get it." In two thousand eight nine, when a box opened, there was like a hundred, two hundred boxes in the world. You're like, "There's another one in Connecticut. Like, what's right. gonna happen?" You know? So yeah, it, totally. It's interesting to see how our perspectives have changed. You know, the big thing I want to talk to you about right now is obviously with all going on out there, the pandemic. Mm. As an experienced box owner, as someone that's been around. For a very long time and really been through a lot of the changes in CrossFit. This is one we weren't expecting but what are some of the things CrossFit Milford and you and your coaching staff are doing to to be proactive during this time.
1: Yeah, so that's a that's a great question, and it's something that I'm. You there, Jay? Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Okay, um, yeah. For people listening, because I have terrible Wi-Fi, so I apologize if it kind of goes in and out. Um, I'm thinking about like, so we think about our facility, like our facilities, meaning the gyms. We're way different than other facilities. So if you go, if you have a membership to a skating rink and and that closes down like you're probably going to stop your membership there because you can't skate. As across a facility, you know, we're really looking to sell, not just the programming, but the experience and the connection in the community. And that's something that's pushed upon a lot. So when people aren't able to come into the community, it's our job to continually maintain that. And for me, it was sort of bringing it way back to the grassroots of, when we first opened up the facility, which was the human connection and the human involvement and the human interaction. And that's really what I'm striving and pushing for in these times is how can I continually develop value to everybody with inside the facility? And for me, there's different levels of perceived value from different archetypes, right? So from different personalities, you have people who value programming and people who are going to value... You know, a weightlifting seminar or a rowing clinic. You have people who value the facility itself. They want to see cleanliness. They want to see new equipment. They want to see something going up on the wall. You know, and there's people that value the social aspect of our facilities of what we provide. You know, it goes way beyond. So for me, as a as a box owner, facility owner, it's understanding these different levels of value. Because for myself. I don't value social gatherings, right? Like I'm an extreme introvert. I can, I will gladly go home by myself with my family, sit down and be totally fine, right? And be like a hermit. And, and, I'll be, and I could be fine with that, I'd be completely really happy. But I know that there's lots of people that, that don't want that and they want the social environment. And I know there's plenty of people that want a, a editorial on snatch technique or bench press setup, right? And I know there's people that want, they want to see highlights being done in the facility. So from a value standpoint, right now I'm trying to continually deliver that value to all those different archetypes of personalities every single day so that every single day people are still feeling connected to the internal environment of Cross CrossFit Milford from a virtual perspective. So we're doing things, we have our members only page and you know everyone's doing the same thing with the at-home workouts and limited equipment workouts and the equipment loan outs. So we have all that going on but every single day I'm trying to touch on those different values with inside of our community from, so we're running maybe like four anywhere from five to six live stream stuff a day of core workouts of facility. Hey, check out the facility. Look what we're working on today. Um, we're doing kettlebell workshops. We're, we're emailing every single person within inside of our gym every single day, or I mean, sorry, every, yeah, every single day, they get a mass email from me and then our coaches are connected to a certain group of members and they get a personal email once a week. You know, So it's continually trying to drive that, that connection to the facility. And that's really kind of what, what's driving us right now through this time. As a longstanding box, have you seen
0: this impact your membership? I know a lot of box owners are stressed out and with the uncertainty of how long this is gonna go, they're worried about how long they can keep the members
1: that have stayed What's been your experience so far? I'm in the same boat, you know? So we've had some members stop. We've had some members stay, you know? And it's like, no one knows the economical hardship that this is gonna cause, you know? And and there's lots of loans out there that we're going for as well to set us up for my employees, for the facility, for rent, for utilities. And if this does keep progressing longer and longer and longer, I mean, there is going to be economic hardship for everybody and and the uncertainty of of memberships is going to be hard, you know, and this is really causing us to look at different veins of our business and how can we continually provide stuff to keep people coming in no matter what it is. Because at one point we can't open the doors back up and we have to understand that what if things change at that point? Like, can you open up and have a 25 person class in a small facility? Maybe not, you know, based off... Whatever the situation could or couldn't be so how are your different revenue streams from a business operational standpoint of personal training, nutritional consults, um, supplement sales, shirt sales, like the things of running a business do you have these other avenues built up to allow for yourself to success and, and increase a current member's um, price point or are you solely relying on just the class setting you know and, and there's lots of uncertainty for me absolutely with how this might turn out but i guess i'm just trying to focus on what i can do like right now and not worry about that just make sure like i'm trying to harvest and grow all the different components now so something does like that happen we're able to kind of like segue into other and you know pivot into another position to allow us to keep something going you know
0: yeah i think that's all we can do right now no one's telling us when we can open again and i think some of the questions that we don't know the answer to, like you've just alluded to is we don't know that a CrossFit class is going to be allowed to have 25 members anymore. We don't know if it's going to be limited by square footage. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uncertainty out there. So the best thing you could be doing is just working on all avenues of your business.
1: Be there, Jason. Yep, I'm I'm here. You got me.
0: How do you run a business with Hello? terrible Wi-Fi? Yes. How do you run a business Bro, with such
1: bad? Wi-Fi? Dude, let me tell you something about my Wi-Fi, Jay. Like <laughs> I've had this battle with my Wi-Fi for like twelve years. Like, Optimum has a monopoly on my location, and I cannot get anybody else to come in here and get me Wi-Fi. And the service I use from Optimum, it's quote unquote their top level service. I can't even stream a freaking podcast on my server, dude. it's it's so insane, man. so
0: l- l- let's go back to something you mentioned before, completely off topic. You mentioned that okay. you're an intro you're an introvert. Mm. so I-, I love this topic, but how do you define it? You know, anyone that met you when you see a coach in action, you automatically assume they're an extrovert, and especially what I know about you, I mean, to be on the seminar staff coaching people you know to to do what you've done you know you coach the grid you were the head coach there also so
1: what how do you define the fact that you're an introvert that's a great question I guess I guess I'm not that I guess I'm not that much of an introvert now that you put it like that I mean like I I convinced you very quickly that you're you're an extrovert so I don't I guess i could backtrack to this like i know what my priorities and my values are and i and i will stick to those and and not and i don't worry about anything else you know and so my values and things that i love like my family my wife my kids uh programming the gym coaching like all those things jazz me up you know so uh playing basketball I can do that stuff for hours on end and like be dialed in with no matter what it is and like anything else like I could I guess care less about which is good or bad I'm not sure but like if I go home I can go home I can coach all day long talk to people all day long write programs and I can go home and sit on my couch and write more programs and not talk to a single soul and be completely complacent in life you know and or be my family and Not worry about hanging out with anybody else but just my wife and kids. So, I guess I'm not an introvert necessarily. I think you definitely changed my mind on that one pretty quickly, but I don't know what that is. (laughs) I'm, I'm, no, what what you call that. I, I agree with you because I'm the same way. I think
0: to me, it's a matter of how you recharge your batteries. Mm. So, just because you can be in public and doing it, you know, so you know Chuck Carr as well, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Chuck and I can fly somewhere, as could you, and we can land. And all I want to do is go to my hotel room and chill out. Where all Chuck wants to do is go to a bar and and talk to people. And to me, it's like that's how you recharge is often a reflection of if you're introverted or extroverted. Totally.
1: Like we so, could be on that same, we could be on that plane, right? And I could say not one word to you, and be like, "Man, this is a great flight I just took with Jay." And exactly. not you would have one conversation. You
0: know? Yeah. And yeah, I, and I think that's just sometimes it's like because we're so burned out of talking to people that we want to chill out and sometimes it's just truly how we relax you you have become known as one of the best programmers i mean hey maybe a lot of what i'm throwing on there is my opinion
1: but i appreciate that
0: to me at least you know it's from a distance i i the programmers i respect like you and ben bergeron more than anyone partially because we kind of grew up together in this world but because you just put some great elegant and 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 simple programming together to get the best better.
1: Hmm.
0: How did you, you get good at that? <sighs> Cause I mean, I like I was talking to someone the other day. They were like, why don't you do more programming? I'm like, not only do I not enjoy that, I'm not good at it. I don't know. And we grew up at the same time. We programmed back in the day for sectionals, yeah. regionals, um, you know, the boxes, but I feel like you and Ben took this direction towards improving human movement through programming uh, to the next level.
1: Yeah. You know, I look at it like it's, it's a passion of mine, you know, and like I've seen you around your passions and you work tirelessly and endlessly at it to continually learn and get better, you know, and it's something that I, I just get jazzed up for with understanding energy systems finer, understanding strength protocols, better understanding whatever it might be, just really diving into breathing techniques, to meditative work, anything that can improve human performance, like I love, you know, and it's something like even to this day, I'll still search out and read two to three books a month on just that, you know, and I'll I'll search out one or two mentors every single month and ask them questions on things that, um, that I have questions on, you know, and I'll continue to look to refine it, you know, it's kind of like, for me, I look at it as when I was playing basketball, I wake up every day and do ball handling drills for like an hour and then do, you know, three to 500 jump shots every single day and then do conditioning work. Right. And then go play basketball on top of that. Right. And I, I take the same approach to it where every single day I try to find opportunities and ways that I can become a better coach and programmer and, and deliver that to people in a way that's going to resonate with them in a more efficient way to improve their performance, their movement their goals. You know, and it's something that, that just jazzed me up. So I'll just continue work out all the nuances of it.
0: If someone is listening and they want to get better at it, what, what are some easy steps or the first steps they can take to, to learn more about it and become
1: a better programmer? It's a great question too. I think to start programming, you know, and I, I guess I'll reframe that a little bit more. I think my first major client was Robert Orlando, and it was at the, he 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 didn't qualify for the games the year before. Something happened, and he's like, "Hey, I want to get back to the CrossFit Games." And um, this was like the first year at Carson, I think, when they did the first swim. So unfortunately, there's a bad outcome with the swim where he came up and grabbed the uh, the surfboard. And, and but this is the team. year he made
0: it with the three rep clean and jerk in the parking lot.
1: No, 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 no. So that was so I did his endurance work there. Um, so that I wasn't like the sole programmer from that, but. The year coming back, I don't think he made it or something happened and we're going into Carson. He's like, hey, I want to qualify for the games. Will you program for me? And I, haven't qual- I didn't program for anybody for the games. And I was like, uh, I said, no. I was like, I had no idea what to do, man. Like, <laughs> no. And he's like, you know, in typical Robert Lando fashion, he made fun of me through a couple of explicit swear words. I <laughs> mean, and uh, I was like, all right, fine. Like, fuck it, I'll just do it. And we did it. And I, I dove into that really hard. And we made it. And I think just having that experience of writing programs and consulting with people and, and being like, hey, what does this look like? What do you do? Like, that was really like the best step for me was just, just to start doing it, you know, and experimenting. And um, thankfully, I experimented on him and it came out right. But, you know, experiment with yourself, write programs, write basic programs, like do a basic hypertrophy phase, do a ba- and I don't mean anything basic, do a basic strength phase, right? And I think when you start trying to program for the sort of CrossFit, that's when it can get, get a little overwhelming because there's so many protocols into it, right? We have hypertrophy, strength, weightlifting, aerobic capacity, gymnastics. And it's like, well, how do I couple that all together with proper load, intensity, and volume? And I think the better that you can understand each component individually of, well, how do I get somebody stronger? How can I increase somebody's power? How can I build capacity, right? How can I improve someone's gymnastics from, from building their strength from, from a, a, a grade A level, basic level? And as you can start to formulate those in in a single component, it, it will then become easier to understand the proper applications of stress and how to combine them all to make it flow smoothly for someone to progress. You've trained dozens, if not hundreds of athletes. Would you prefer
0: an athlete that just accepts your programming and just says, yes, coach, and does it? Or would you prefer an athlete that questions you on everything you're giving them?
1: So question from a state of understanding for proper application, not question from a state of lack of buy-in.
0: Correct. Yeah. They're bought in. Both of these athletes are going to do anything you tell them, but one is just like, yes, coach. And one is like, why are we wants to get a better understanding of it?
1: Yeah. You know, I I like a little bit of, of both, you know, I like, Athletes who, so I guess if you're making me choose one, um, I want an athlete that's just gonna get it done. Just here's what you're doing, this what you're doing. I want you to think less, because I think with athletes too, if you look at athletes in any sort of sport, right, the time that they get the most held up is when their brains are working too, too much. If we can get their brains to relax, to understand, that's when we can get athletes to become more resilient. You know, it's like that's why mental um, or visualization is so key. Because because with inside visualization, you're just getting mental practice. So when that situation occurs, you become more resilient because mentally you kind of like click over, like, oh, I remember this. I put my body through this, quote unquote. And when people are thinking too much and trying to understand the exact why is way too much, I think their brain's working way too much. Because I've had athletes with that who were extremely intelligent, became great coaches. But as they're doing it, they were, you know, well, why am I doing this? And explain the energy system process and the exact. Ramifications of different zones and heart rates, and then for them it's like, whoa, well, my heart rate's up a little too high. I got to back off. It can't happen. It's like, well, no, just let it go. Sometimes it's okay to ride the lightning if it's there, you know. Like, so from an athlete standpoint, I really like athletes that are just like, all right, yes, coach, I'm gonna get it done no matter what, you know. Um, I think th- I think those athletes have the ability to quiet their brain the most and just work, you know. And when a workout comes up they can almost be more in tune with their bodies because they're thinking less. So they can understand their own fatigue factors a little more and they can understand pacing within internally a little bit more because they're not thinking so much about prescriptions and dose responses and um, breathing protocols. It's like, no, I feel this. I'm going to do this now to become more resilient. You know, like, okay, I feel fatigue here. I'm going to switch and do this in order to become more muscular efficient under fatigue. You know, so I like that.
0: You know, the, the, the classic CrossFit workout is Fran. Everybody knows it. There's a handful of others that have taken on a life of their own, from Murph to, you know, some of the games workouts. If if someone were to look back at, you know, your career in, in 50 years or so, what's, what's the Jason Layden
1: workout that would be considered the classic? Oh. oh, man, that's a great question. I don't think I have a classic one. That we you know we we once did a um uh, athlete camp like five years ago. It was like fifty people in here. Is that our second location, Jay? And you were at that one, and um, the the workout was seven hundred fifty meter row, as fast as you possibly can from the sound to go. You know we're gonna rest twelve minutes and we're gonna do that three times. And you look at that and you're like, all right, cool, like a little longer than five hundred, not quite a thousand, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ram into it, right? But you think about the time of it; it's like that, almost like exactly that top level Fran time of like that two, really like almost like a two minute sort of range, right? If You're really hammering it, and we lined up these rowers. These like we had 20 rowers from to Two, and at that point we had 20. This horses on the rower from back in the days of the the um, Northeast Regional, right? I think uh, like uh, just all these studs were there, you know, like Burger and all these guys just crushing it, and uh, it was this mayhem. I think, like, out of the 20 people, like, 17 of them are throwing up, you know, like their body, you know, the whole body convulsing thing. And because that, you, if you take any workout and add intensity and camaraderie and the competitive spirit, like, people are gonna kill themselves to try to win, especially if there's no skill involved, right? There's no load involved. It's just how big is your heart and how hard can you push for this? Go ahead, have at it, right? So if you ask the majority of people, they'd probably say that because a lot of them kind of went through that one, you know, but honestly, like, I feel like I'm copping out on that question, but over the years, Jay, like based off the increasing demands of the sport and what we're trying to do, like my tests and my workout tests have changed almost like every single year based off just what I think people should be able to do or what what I'm projecting like Dave's going to have them do when it comes to the games right or projecting like what sort of what are the regionals going to or sanctionals going to put out based off who's qualified who's programming for the sanctionals so a lot of my tests have changed over the years I probably don't have any major staple ones right now because I actually just kind of changed them like a year and a half ago right and then of course with uncertainty we don't know
0: what's coming this year for sanctionals in the games that's a terrible sounding workout I mean that's those are the best right the Fran is two movements and that's one movement. And, and yeah, that's just, I, I was, as you were saying it, I was thinking as I was finishing the first one, how that would be the worst part. Cause you know how bad it feels and you know, you have to do
1: it two more times. Yeah. And when you're stuck in that group of, of people that are at your level and it's like, no one's holding back. It's like, all right, well, I'll stay like that 90% effort and finish good. It's like, well, then you're going to finish last. You know, and you got to right. put your name on the board at the very bottom with your time. So it was just these horses just killing themselves to put their names in like that top three for that. And um, it was fucking intense. Yeah.
0: So I know you got to get moving. Two last questions. One, you yeah, mentioned man. you mentioned visu- visualization. Obviously, for a lot of people right now, this could be the opportune time to start incorporating it. We we might not have barbells or rowers. What are some tips for those? just starting with visualization that I've never done any.
1: I'm a huge fan of this. And I'll, I'll actually, from a business owner standpoint, I'll visualize my day every single morning. So I'll wake up and I'll go through my breathing protocols. And part of my, my morning routine is to see my entire day unfold in my head. From doing my exact morning routine to getting my kids to school to getting into the gym, to opening of the doors, to doing my work, to writing my programs, to doing my workout, to handling questions. You know, and what I try to do in my visualization is I look to find triggers that might offset my emotions. It's something I don't want. And I'll kind of practice myself in my mind going through those triggers to give it a better outcome to or to handle it better. You know, I do that with my family a lot as well. My reaction to my kids. And um, that's helped me immensely. I mean, I visualize myself like paying off debt, you know, like any little thing in my life, like I try to see myself doing it. And that helps me process things better. And from a sport perspective, what I always tell my athletes is to do just that, like before you can start by before you get into a training session, like sit down and just see yourself going through that training session. You know, if it's, no matter what it might be, and no matter what the demands or requirements of that training session are, just walk through it. Because if I'm work, working with athletes who are trying to compete higher at a sanctional level or or um, uh, the games, if you look at, let's just say the best in the world, right? Let's look at Matt Frazier and, and Rich. They're so calm, right? Yeah. Exactly what they're going to do, how they're going to do it. And if you look at anybody in any sport, to get into that flowed state, to get into that relaxed state in the eyes of chaos and uncertainty is because they feel like they've been there before. So their body is able to relax and they can perform. And when their body is relaxed, like a race car, where all the functions is shut off and you're just using what you need to use to be successful in the preservation of energy and the effectiveness of what you're doing. And the only way you can do that is mentally to quiet your brain down and you can quiet it down by simply just start visualizing whatever workout you're doing and see yourself doing it see yourself walking through it and see like a tough time coming up in the workout and how you're going to handle that and and going and if you have a game plan the game plan falls through well, what are you going to do to come out of that game plan and the more you put yourself in these situations and walk yourself through that situation in your brain happen and if you are at the on a competition floor your brain's big all right i've been here before all right I've, I've had this feeling before i understand what i need to do if my game plan like doesn't work out i understand what i need to do if um the strategy just isn't quite there i'm not feeling it you know and, and that's really how i'd start did i get some you, question i know
0: yeah no i think you know you you answered it it's it's always good to just kind of understand what you're about to go through, whether it's the beginning of your day, a uh, fight with the kids, or, you know, a fight with the barbell. Yeah, totally. So any, any books you would recommend on visualization, or you mentioned just earlier books and mentors. I, I always like to find out from the best
1: minds what, what they're reading. Ooh, that's great. So I just finished two books this month. Um, I finished a book called 80-20 by Matt Fitzgerald. That's a book understanding the go slower to go faster principle from a complete endurance standpoint. I segued that off of two other books, which was the training for the uphill athlete and the training for the new alpinism. So I was thinking about like, okay, if CrossFit is an endurance sport, like yes, you need your strength backgrounds, you need everything else. But if you're going to the, you have to have c- capacity. Well, if you look at the people the greatest capacity in the world, whether it's you know sub two hour, if you look at uh, two hour marathon runners or people who are doing you know, 24-hour races or eight to 10-day races up mountains. What does their training look like in order to reach that standpoint, right? So I kind of went down that path for, for a while, and it kind of all led down to the 80/20 rule. So then I started thinking about the application of the 80/20 rule as regards to uh, CrossFit or a mixed modal standpoint, and how can we know we can apply how can we apply going slower to increase more volume in order to go faster when we need to in the long run. So I've been diving into that a lot recently. Um, from an educational standpoint and then an the application standpoint with uh, the workouts themselves. Um, I'm also right now reading a book called The King, the Warrior, the Lover. I forgot, I mean, I just started, but it's kind of like a book about understanding um, different emotional archetypes inside the male body or masculinity. I don't know why I started reading that, but I it did. It's pretty interesting. You know, just kind of dive into different emotional responses. So usually like every single month, I'll try to dive into an educational piece and then something else that I want to kind of learn more about. You know, last month, um, I went down some paths of like meditative breathing practices. Um, and uh, I read the book, uh, what book did I I'm looking at it right now. The Second Mountain and Changemaker were the two books I read last week. Changemaker was a great book. That's John Berardi, right? Me. Yeah, that was a great one think that wasn't going around another great book i just read too if you guys are uh gym owners is building a story brand and i keep looking off to the side because my books are right there that's a book about understanding marketing and telling up the proper story based off who you really want your audience to be so you can connect with them you know so that's kind of like the past two months
0: that's a great book too fern always talks about it and he used it pretty extensively when opening his box so yeah i know you got to run thanks for hopping on here if anyone's yeah, do. listening Thank you. definitely hit that three rounds of 750 meter row <laughs> everybody can find jason at jason laden on social media right and then yeah. of course checking out your box crossfit milford any other places they can go to check you out
1: so we have our online training platform uh conquerathlete.com we have a podcast there as well the conquer Athlete podcast which i'd love to have you on that And we have, uh, that's pretty much it, yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for hopping on. Thanks for, you know, hopping on, especially in the midst of all this chaos. We appreciate
1: it. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jay.
0: Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. And thanks again to our special guest. We appreciate all you guys do for us with Best Hour of Their Day when it comes to sharing our Posts on Instagram when it comes to subscribing to us on YouTube, when it comes to the constant feedback, we are grateful and we appreciate it. We are trying to build a community based on coaching development and becoming the best version of yourself. And it goes without saying that we couldn't do without all of you. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Season one of Dropping In is out. We are getting tremendous feedback and we'd love for you to check it out leave us a comment on there, head over to our Instagram, give us a follow, like our pictures, feel free to share anything that resonates with you. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback for us, please don't hesitate. Email us day at gmail.com. Thanks again. Until the next episode, we hope you've had the best hour of your day.